Hey, this is Tracy. And this is Melissa. Tracy and I met back in 1999 through Caddy, and we've been married for 17 years. He was even in our wedding. Caddy, you've always been a great guy with a huge heart. We're so glad you're back on the air, and with Donna, you're twice as good. We love you guys. This is Cadillac Jack's second act. I think you guys still owe us an Indian blanket. All the Indian blanket story. We'll share that with you coming up when we talk about uh, Tracy and Melissa Hunt Moore since they introduced the show today later in this episode of My Second Act. You do realize that our kids listen to this show? We'll clean it up a little bit. Okay. The Indian Blanket Story on the sandy beaches of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina back in the day. That's a tease. My name's Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. I put in a loyal 26 years until July 2019. Here's what happened. I was fired. So welcome to My Second Act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. And I got a lice letter. You got a what? I got a lice letter. L-I-C-E lice? The dreaded lice letter. Who has lice in the uh, house? Uh, nobody in our house has it. Someone at someone's school has it. Here's the thing about lice, okay? There's three camps when it comes to lice, okay? If you have small children and you're listening and you have had the pleasure of not having lice, then you're in the first camp. You've not had lice, okay? Yet. Dot, dot, dot yet the second camp is you've had it you've had lice maybe numerous times the third camp is you lied about having lice because well, the perception is it's a dirty thing it's, it's dirty not hair. necessarily but it's not right no I'm, i've had lice i'm, I'm gonna go you've on. had lice. i have you I've know that ne- I've ne- i did not know that you, you did? have had lice you did when did you have lice i checked your hair every night like a little monkey preening another well, you do monkey. that all the time anyway yeah you know how they go through and they preen each other? They clean each other, preen each other. They call it preening. Did you get it from one of the kids? I did. I'm not going to tell you which one because I don't want that to become a deal. In the letter, they don't call you out either. No, this right. was this was when the girls were in elementary school. Okay, well, I'm saying in the, li- the lice Oh, no, no. They just say and a student has been identified okay. as having lice. So the girls were in elementary school. I know exactly where they got the lice because that family later came clean. And the problem with lice is if you don't take it seriously and treat it, it just, it could go on for years. I'm not even kidding. So one of them got it, then the other one got it, and then somehow, I didn't think I had it, but you know how the minute like one of your kids has lice, your hair, if you even hear about lice, you start itching, your hair starts itching. And someone told me that if you color your hair, the Mm. lice don't like it. They won't come, they won't come to your head. They won't come roost. No. They won't set up camp. That's not true. So I finally, I was so over it. I had done everything. I had done all of the, you know, all of the old wives tales, like combing with mayonnaise. I mean, it was a nightmare. You know, get rid of the bedding, all this stuff. I finally broke down and went to this place called Headhunters. This is not like an endorsement for Headhunters. I mean, it is if you have lice, but they're not paying me to say this. But I went and took the girls and they have this little ultraviolet light and they use this comb and they're like, yep, they've got it. And then they were like, we should check you too, just to make sure. While you're here. I'm like, there's no way. I had it. Is and, this local? Yes. Okay. And it cost like uh, about $250 per head. I know oh, I know that when the kids go to camp, summer camp, or when yes. they went to summer camp, that there's a lice check. Yes. And you can always tell the kids that had it because they suddenly, they, they show up late and they have a wet head. And they they add five hundred dollars onto your bill for when you because they take your credit card yes beforehand and say listen if they have if your child has lice because you could be on your way back to 
back to Georgia, where right. you know, back home, leaving the kids a sleepaway camp for a week, and they just leave your credit card. Yes. And if we determine that your child has lice, we'll just charge it. We'll just take care of it. And if not, we'll shred your number. Well, and one time, um, Charlotte got pulled out to be checked. She ended up not having it, thank God. And but Olivia saw her getting checked, and she was like, "Oh no." Because if one of them gets checked, anybody in the family is going to get checked. But you, you can tell when like you've gone to like the headhunters because you go back to school, like had to check the girls back in and your hair is slicked back in like the tightest ponytail bun braid that you've ever had in your life. Because that's how they do it. And you show back after school and your hair is wet and you're like, they're like, where have you been? You're like, oh, just got my hair done in some odd Type braid. What is the purpose of the lice letter? Is that so just to give you a heads up as a parent that you need to check your child? Yes. Okay. And when does that expire? What is the statute of limitations on having live lice in your hair? Uh, uh, listen, I think there are people who literally go through five years of elementary school with lice the entire time. Because it is a losing battle. That's why I've, you have to almost break down and go somewhere professionally. Then home remedies and trying to do it yourself. Exactly. And you're not dirty. They actually like clean hair better. Just a little... PSA on the line. Wink, wink. Yeah. Your core 57 hype song on the way here today to the Appen Media Group and Appen Podcast Network, Donna. So what was yours? You're going first. Um, mine is the new song from Luke Combs, and it features Eric Church, and it's called Does to Me. I'm a little nervous about Eric Church right now, and I've been a huge fan. He's forever, what I, I always say, Eric Church is forever my hashtag entertainer of the year. Um, so deserving of it. Never gotten it. Um, yeah, we he, love it. He, he announced two weeks ago in Nashville, that he has um, become a, a just locked himself in his mountain house in Boone, North Carolina, and has been working on an album since January. But he showed up in Nashville to what's called the Country Radio Seminar (CRS). Think, um, think uh, CES, Consumer Electronics Show, but for radio people, and it's just more drinking. There, there's more liquor sold in Nashville in that three-day period than I think there is the rest of the entire year because it's radio programmers, it's record label people, artist management, publicists, artists, and all they do. Uh, I've never been because I, well, I was... You have. I'm have saying I? we should tell our CRS story, not now, but oh. later. Well, why did we go there? I didn't, I've never gone in an official capacity because I've never been in, in programming. I was never in management. It's not necessarily for radio personalities. It's more for management people. I was on a panel. I was on a panel for sales, and okay. you came up for the New Faces show. We weren't together. N- no. Not in the biblical sense, no. Okay. We were that night. I- I'm not... What, we Yes, we danced and hung out together, yes. All right. At the disco so show. So, Eric anyway. Church shows up two weeks ago in Nashville at CRS and talks about this new album. And you you know Eric Church with the aviators and the ball cap and the, the leather, black, the black leather jacket. and the Chief. Torn jeans and the boots that are scuffed up he shows up in a pair of readers in a uh hermes scarf and hermes whatever and i i don't like it that's not eric church and so he has he as he's working on this album and as he prepares to launch this album he has decided to recast himself he's he's a rebel he's the chief eric church doesn't wear readers and and Hermes scarf and and uh, I don't know I just I saw these pictures and I'm like I didn't I thought it was a thin Vince Gill I thought Vince oh. Gill had got hooked on crack wow and okay. had lost like 50 60 pounds suddenly listen we love Eric Church so I do I don't want to put this but that's out not there. my Eric Church well I told you this I think there are a lot of Eric Churches number one he, first of all he looked he looked really cute I thought it was very sexy he's kind of like a hipster um 
Mr. Rogers. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of sides to Eric Church. We've talked about this before. You no, know, there's one side. He's a rocking, kick-ass country artist. He's also a dad. Right. He's very. But don't come out in public unless you have on your outfit, your costume, your superhero Eric Church. And he costume. was asked. The moderator asked him. Um, Lon Helton. Lon Helton, who is uh, he? He uh, publishes a, a, a country radio website and e-blast every day. He was the moderator of the panel, did a much better job than Gail King and the cast from CBS at the Democratic debate this week in Charleston. However, uh, he asked Eric, are you a rebel? And Eric said, what, what, what was his answer? It we're was, not, we it, don't have the question. It was something like, are you, are you really a rebel or is this just kind of like he was kind of saying, or is it just an act, not an act, but part of the, you know, part of your the promotion of Eric Church and he said I don't really know how to answer that and I don't know how to read into that I think how you read into that Ugh. is like that was a great article in Rolling Stone with him and he grew up near you we have met him numerous times <laughs> and he is yeah. a lot of things I mean I think there's a lot of sides yeah. to people and you know I don't like it I don't like it his mom and my mom shop at the same Publix in Western North Carolina. And when this Publix opened, Eric and I laughed about this about three years ago. Both of our moms were blown away the fact that they had live lobsters at the Publix in Hickory, North Carolina. They'd never seen something like that before. All right. What was your core 57 hype song on the way here? My core 57 hype song was um, Tim McGraw. And it was Set the Circus Down. I, well, we love that song. I love that song. That entire album, which was the same name, Set the Circus Down, if that's one of those albums that if you go back, you should go back and listen to it because it, it almost like it was great in the moment, but after, like when you kind of go back later and you listen to something and it, it was the best album, you know, it had angry all the time. It had things change, things change which was Girl Men great, don't cry. Yeah. Well, Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yes, that was, was okay. on there. Yeah. But I mean, it's just such a great album. And we always kind of said like set the circus down was like our kind of like theme song because once, because we always talk about our circus. We take our circus to the beach. We take our circus here. We take our, I mean, it's a circus, you know, with five kids, five animals. I mean, five kids, three kids, five animals, you know. Two adults. Two adults. It's a lot of things. It's a circus. So we've always joked about where are we eventually going to set our circus down? And we've gone back and forth. And there was a period of time, I don't know if you remember this, when we went to Cancun. You're one of those people that every time you travel somewhere, that's where you want to live. Mm. The kids laugh about it. Like when we went to London, you're like, that's it. We're moving. I applied for jobs in London. With the, BB, with the BBC. Yeah. yeah. Going to be a couple Imagine of ex- my hick ass waking you up in Manchester. Some ex- expats over there. But when we went to Cancun, we were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get, at the time, we were going to get, a not a yacht, but like maybe no, a... Like know, a John boat. A John boat, yeah. And it was going to be called the... Squirty Squid. Squirty Squid. The Squirty Squid. The SS Squirty Squid. Yes. And we had envisioned that we didn't think, well, I didn't think that you could be the captain of the boat. So we were going to have to hire someone, like a local. And then we sort of started thinking about it. Like, do we get, can we get Netflix? Do we get Satellite Dish? Can the he park it every now and then over at like the four seasons, the four seasons, Cancun, you know, can we, do we have to drive around all day long? If it's hot, if there's bad weather, what about pirates. Yeah. Where do we park it? We had a lot of questions and ultimately it clearly didn't pan out. No, it didn't. It probably never will. 
the kids just howled because they thought we would probably be on the water for all of like 10 minutes. And we were going to split our time. If I recall, we were going to spend half the year in Cashers. Yes. North Carolina at the mountain house and half the year sailing. The Squirty Squid. The Squirty Squid. Again, a John boat, not a yacht. We can't afford a yacht. We can't even afford a pontoon boat. But we were going to do like just a John boat. But I, I didn't even want to. I didn't want to paddle. I don't know that I've given up hope completely. So, have well, you abandoned I it? I have. Okay. I have. I have. There's also talk about an, uh, a topless taco stand. Yes. Now that was years ago. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was years in, ago. That, that, that was in that ben- ship. That ship has sailed for sure. Oh really? Uh, hello. Okay. Good morning. Well, right. that's not nice. But in Bimini. I was going to do a topless, topless taco stand. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you want to um, keep your your topless section in a good shape, you need to go to Core 57. You know, do some lifts. I had somebody ask me on social media. I hear you talking about Core 57. Tell me exactly what they do. Yeah. And so let's, we, you know, it's a unique fitness community built on the strength of the mind and body connection. But let's break that down. What it is. Is you have an opportunity to to get a program that's designed specifically for you? Yes, it's very, all about support. It's very individualized. It's not a gym. No, and Colleen, Colleen, it's very individualized. You know how sometimes you go to the gym and you have no idea it's owned by some big corporate company. You get your towel, they say hello, that's it. Colleen is with you every step of the way. She's super, super, super focused on um, safety and health, and you know, again, combining, you know, starting a program for where you are. Um, so there's, you know, wherever you are in your fitness journey, you could literally be nowhere just starting out. Um, just give her a call. She's got two locations and she really will help you, um, get on a, a better health track. Milton and Alfreda city center core 57 this week, the producers of the bachelor announced that they're looking for your mother. They're looking For, for what? To find love. They are now casting seniors 65 plus. For a new exciting dating show, don't know that it's going to be the name's going to be a form of the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, but it is from the same producers, and they even have a website now. Because I know we had some questions too: Is this a joke? You know, yes. are they trying to drum up attention, interest or- in the finale of this season? And there's a, a there were there were two social media posts that made me say to myself, "This is for real." One of them was from a VP of Entertainment at ABC who tweeted about it. And then one of the producers of the bachelor series um, also posted on Instagram with a link to the site where you can apply your mom or your dad for, to find love at 65. Do we need this? Well, I mean, you know, I I do think like, like, look at your dad. I mean, he is dating. He's been dating Karen for a very long time. They have a great relationship. They met later in life. I do not think that there should be a, um, statute of limitations on love for age you know what i mean like i know I, I agree with that but is this something that we would want to watch on tv i think i'd want to watch it just to for like the entertainment purposes. rather like rather than a rose you get your plavix for the day <laughs> you get your pill they give you your pill there's no rose but you get your plavix he just hands your them medication out, like pez yes they could call it like golden girls golden boys who's gonna be the host i mean i would think it's got to be somebody like a chuck woolery or a you know, he did uh, he love alive? connection. I don't know, but he did love connection and a couple other shows. Here's Martindale could also host for the seniors at 65 plus. Absolutely. This new exciting dating show. They're, they're going to have to start the rose ceremony early, like at five early bird special. Yeah. Like when the buffet opens. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Imagine, imagine the, the overnight dates or the fantasy suite dates. It'd be like, uh, uh, Joan London would have like a kiosk set up 
in the in the lobby of the where, where's the mansion going to be? Like at Del Webb. Okay, uh, so in the the, the lobby of Del Webb, the uh, Joan London would have like a kiosk set up, and what's that thing she pitches? A place for mom. A place for mom. Well, this that would be a place for mom. You have like to sit the through that mansion. pitch, and then someone comes in and talks about reverse mortgages, and then oh someone comes in and tries to sell you your your a casket. Time, yeah. Oh gosh. Well, yeah. time, yeah, this at that age, I don't yeah. think you're looking for a timeshare. Yeah, and the casket will be like it's like that um, one that I drive by on the way to Cashers pre need. You got to get your casket. You get a huge discount <laughs> if you buy it in advance. Pre need, yeah. Right, you save like twenty five percent. But oh if you God. die, and then your folks are looking for a casket, your family, you don't get that discount. And imagine like when they go to get in the hot tub, instead of like they'll have to, he'll have to help them. They'll have to help each other in, and it'll have like one of those things with the suction cups, so like, you, no, like a mat, no, like a no uh, slip, no slip, yeah. yeah. Like no slip socks at the hospital, but the the the, yeah, the, mat. the mats that you put in there. How about the uh, the the stair lift oh, in the mansion? He'll come down on the stair lift. Who's he? The bachelor. Okay. He'll just arrive on the stair lift, and the women will come in on like rascal scooters rather than limousines. Like beep beep. This is horrible. I don't think it's. I, I'd watch. I'm not gonna lie. I would too. I'd watch just because we are suckers. We both are for. Imagine like the the group date aboard a Viking River cruise through Alaska. Listen, All here's the thing. And they con they they contract the coronavirus. Oh gosh, or something worse. I have learned this. Okay, well, let's stop right there. Did you know? I'm sorry, go ahead. Let me well, you're probably, we're probably going to say the same thing. Well, we learned it when we, we moved your mom and Al. That's what I was going to talk into about. Into assisted into okay, the senior living center. Okay, it is a hotbed. For STDs. Okay. Oh, yeah, of activity. Senior living centers. There's more activity of the sexual kind in an assisted living home than you have gotten in two decades at home with your significant other or your spouse. They were telling us there's this man. And he, he, he room hops from room to room. How safe can that? Does it matter that age, though? Does he know? I wonder if he remembers. Oh, he does. He can tell you he doesn't. Like he's someone from memory care or something. Donna, well, but I'm saying like, line. no, but I mean like, the, you know, a lot of times, like, I mean, how would, I just can't imagine that they would allow him. Well, my point is he's going to pretend like he doesn't remember, but he does. Oh. Be like, oh, hello, Lucille. But don't you think all these women then would be like, why isn't there like there more anger or like, you know, he's with me or like when they sit at dinner, like, no, he's actually with her. Is he with me? This is crazy. I more, did hear that, though. We heard that. No, they, the, the director told us that. It, at everyone we've toured. Yes. That, it, that. But you know what? Good for them. You, know, you, what, you know what they say? What's that? What do they say? If you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's, so. that's, that's what they say. So get to working. Get to working. Hey, if you have time. Um, I, we would both like to personally thank you for, uh, downloading and listening to every episode of, of my second act. And, and we know that new listeners of the pod are rolling in, you know, daily and, and many begin their podcast journey with the most recent episode. And if that's you, we say hello. And when you have time, remember that you can go back to episode one and listen to any time you'd like podcasts never go away. Unlike radio, you can listen on your own time. You can listen whenever you want. Yeah, Russell reached out. Russell Smith, who's a friend of ours, reached out to me the other day and he said, I'm so sorry. I've been sick. He's had like, he's had the flu. And he's like, um, I haven't been able to listen. I'm like, you don't have to apologize. You haven't missed anything. Yeah, you haven't missed listen anything. Listen on your own time. Listen whenever you want. Yep. And it means a lot to us just both. So we would like to personally thank you for joining uh, me here on my second act. And we will give you a hug and take photos and, and, and post on social media. And I'll hit your button if you hadn't subscribed already at the Atlanta. International Auto Show. We're going to be there Saturday the 29th from noon to 2. We're going to be there much later. We're bringing all three kids. We're making a day out of it as we do every year for the Atlanta International Auto Show. It is Auto Show Week here in Atlanta through Sunday, which is March the 1st at the Georgia World Congress Center. And the kids are super excited 
about having our, our, our Christmas photo made in front of uh, Cousin Eddie's RV. Yes. So come down there and join us with your family. Please come by. Shane Wilson is president of the Metro Atlanta Automobile Dealers Association who present the auto show every year. And Shane told us that they're going to have the burnout chair, the burnt chair. They're going to have the uh, the hose from the um, from the RV from the RV. But yeah, where you 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 pump out all the the sewage stuff. Thank you. Yeah. But imagine if if like your Christmas card that you mail out this Christmas in 2020, if it's you and the entire family wearing white robes in front of the original cousin Eddie's RV from Christmas Vacation. Iconic. So much uh, happens down there for the kids and the and, 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 and for you as well. And it's the largest event each year at the Georgia World Congress Center. Over half a million square feet of uh, just good-looking cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs. And we also did um, a bonus pod um, with Shane Wilson from MATA that talks about everything that you can see at the auto show. So um, it is in your library if you subscribe to our podcast and you can listen to that as well. And it's not boring about, you know. Uh, just what's going on. It's very entertaining. No, I, I had a lot of questions about behind the scenes. Like yes. how do you move in uh, that, that amount of, of, of staging and carpet and displays for, and then none, you know, that's all prior to moving in all these vehicles. How does that all happen? And Shane explains it day by day. What happens, how they do it about the people that, that go around a squeegee, the, the cars every, day. every, 15 minutes yeah. there's somebody on the floor for each manufacturer that is that is making sure there are no fingerprints on any of the display vehicles that are there and that's also a great thing is every you know rather than spend your day going from car dealership to car dealership you can spend a couple hours at the georgia world congress center at the atlanta international auto show and and, and you know jumping cars that are in your price range whether you are uh you're becoming an empty nester or whether you're adding to your family you can sit in cars that are in your budget. You can also have fun and, and sit in cars and yeah, dream cars, play cars that, that you know that you'll never probably ever own or have in the driveway at your home. So come on out. We're going to be there Saturday, the 29th of noon to two, and uh, we're going to be right there where you go into the auto show, right there where the ticket booths are. Yeah, you can't miss us. We'll flag you down. Building C is where you're going to find us and the Atlanta, Atlanta International Auto Show this weekend. All right, let's talk about this ridiculous hobby that you have that has been resurrected. It it was it was happening, and then when you were working at the radio station, and then it went away, and it's back. I have to get out of the house. It's back. I have to get out of the house. You and I have been together for seventeen years, probably right. longer. Well, but let's 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 tighten the window up since I got fired in July because you do have a full time job. I'm reminded of that about a dozen times a day. Nice. You have a full time job. You work from home though. Unless you're out doing calls, you know, uh, hitting the street and meeting with clients, which you do all the time, that as well. But you work out of the house. And I work as as CEO of My Second Act. I also work out of the house. So we have spent a lot of time together. So I'm looking for ways to get out of the house. So I have brought back my hobby of going down to Fulton County Superior Court and being what's called an observer. And that means that you go and I park in underground. And um, I'm not a juror. I'm not officially sanctioned. I don't go in the, where the jurors do. Okay, I let's do. stop right there. Yeah. You think you are, you speak as if you're a juror. You well, think like you're a for juror. lunch, when the judge says we're going to recess for lunch, then I go to lunch with the jurors. And and I found out that Fred's Country Cooking at, um, is shut down. It's no longer there. I, I had to go eat at American Deli 
when I went this week because the hang on, Fred's Country Kick, you get some fried chicken and some collard greens and some mac and cheese and the best sweet tea, just rot your teeth. But that's the best sweet tea. And it was there at uh, uh, what's around the courthouse, uh, the streets, Pryor and Mitchell. Pryor that's where it was. And, and it shut down. Mitchell. I walked three blocks to go to Fred's for lunch with the rest of my jurors. Okay, here we go. You're not. You're not part of a jury panel. And here's the problem. You will text me and you'll say, or you called me yesterday, and it's the language used. It's it's insanity. Me and um, the judge wants us back. By 115. Okay. You're not on the jury. He doesn't want you back. Truth be told, he probably doesn't want you in his courtroom. But Didn't this, someone but, stop you yesterday and say, what are you doing? No, Donna. Occasionally when you walk into, I don't have a system. I just start at nine, the ninth floor at the Fulton County Superior Court. And I started, I go all the way up. And one of the elevators is down right now. At the, L- listen to yourself. Okay, what? go ahead. And so I go up to nine and I walk around from courtroom to courtroom up and down the hall. And if I don't see anything that interests me, then I get on back on the elevator. And I go to eight. And then if eight, I don't find anything. Then I just, I'll go all the way down. Normally you find something. This week it was kind of a, it was a little disappointing. There were uh, a couple cases that were interesting, but they were all kind of like, uh, they weren't trials. I like to sit in on a trial. And, and and bond with my fellow jurors and watch how the prosecution puts up their case versus um, the defense attorneys. And, and why are you looking at me like that? Because most I'm people fa- are trying to get out. And I get it. I know we love Dateline. And, I and do. I've done this for years. Like there was maybe one day a week when I worked in radio and did mornings where there wasn't a meeting. And so at 10 o'clock, I would leave. And it was, you know, the radio station is 20 minutes from the courthouse downtown. And so I would go down there and park in underground Atlanta, spend four hours and then get, be a carpool. It's a harmless hobby. It's just when you start talking about it as if you are part of like, like you're going to go in and, and, you know, cause you'll almost say things like, you know, when we get together and we deliberate, it's like, no, you're not deliberating. You're not on this jury there. You're not on this panel. And someone also told you a while back, you can also go to the daily record and find out what's, what's happening well, at the courthouse. When I was there this week. I noticed that they had, you know how when you go to Hartsfield or any airport, they have all the flights, departures, and arrivals on this huge oh, yeah, on the TV. They now have those. Oh, that? Well, now that's good. I didn't realize that until it's time for me to go. I had, you know, I had a hard stop. I, I had you actually because I thought I was going to be sitting in and observing. That's what it's called. You are an observer. It is perfectly legal. Which is your legal right. You can go into any courtroom in America and observe and sit and listen and watch. I thought that after we got back from lunch, that the this one trial in four B was going to take off. And so I'd even given you a heads up that I may need you to have to cover carpool. Okay. Here we that go. That afternoon, so, because I may have to stay late because the trial I thought was going to have some traction and it, it wound up is it whatever. And so I left and ultimately made it to carpool in time, which I try to do when I go down as a citizen and, and fulfill my obligation to observe and make sure that the judicial system is being run the way that it should be. It's kind of like a I'm a I'm a one person watchdog group. You're like a docent for the legal system. Couple notes from my trip this week to Fulton County Superior Court. There was a there was a group of people, and I think that it was cousins and aunties and uncles and moms and dads, and there was maybe nine or ten of them, and they had a brand new newborn baby, mm. and the baby spitting up. And hollering and carrying on. And I could tell the judge was getting a little. Uh, Losing patience. Yes. As was one of the bailiffs. As was the baby. As was I. As a courtroom observer. 
could one of the 10 of you that are down here not have kept the baby at home? Do we need to bring a newborn baby into superior court for a trial? And this was about a daughter who had beat mama up and mama was in the courtroom Mm. and in tears because they, the judge and I didn't agree with this. And I about raised my hand and asked to address the court because I did not think, Oh boy, what I did not. I, 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 I have a right, Donna, you have a right to be a silent observer, not to participate in the proceedings. You're not an attorney. I thought that the judge should have content, should not have uh, the, 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 the two on 10 sentence should have stuck. Because she was she she beat her mama, and mama was there, and mama was going to stand up and and speak on behalf of the daughter and the fact that they reconciled or whatever, and the bailiff sat mama down because she was in the galley. She was not, um, you know, there were Part no of, witnesses yeah. in this this particular case. It was just a hearing. And did you all, know, like? Did huh? you hear what started it? Like I, I I think that I was at lunch with my friends, my jurors oh my from the third floor. Uh, when all that came down, because you can come and go as you please. You can walk in mid whatever. It doesn't matter as long as you're quiet, as long as your phone's off and you cannot wear a hat. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first started doing this years ago, well, I remember one time I wore a hat. I didn't know any better. And as 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 uh, you, know, you and I are very familiar with the court system, family court, unfortunately, family yes. court for, for 15 years, we've been in family court every two years. And so we're familiar with the process and, and, and we understand the do's and the don'ts. I'd, uh, I'd forgotten maybe that you can't wear a hat. And I was chastised by the bailiff because I wore a hat. And I, my hair was just a mess because I've been up since like 3.30 that morning and it had worked. And they're like, you can't wear your hat in the courtroom. I'm, I'm sure your other jurors didn't didn't mind your your appearance, your hair. I wonder if the person who brought the baby into court thought that if they brought the baby. Sympathy. It would get some sympathy. Or maybe, again, maybe they shouldn't have daycare. This, for the most part, this judge was no nonsense. But the judge let this this the daughter off. With a, a pretty, uh, she didn't commute the sentence, but I forgot, um, you know, she wasn't sent back to jail because the mom was in tears. Well, and they worked it out. Causing a ruckus in the courtroom, just crying. and. But they worked stop, it out. Stop, stop. The wheels of justice turn slow, as we know. I'll tell you about one case in particular, and this is two years ago. Occasionally, when you walk into a courtroom, if it's a high-profile trial, and this was, the bailiff will ask you, what you're doing, who you are, what's your MO, um, why are you here? Are you, are you connected to the case in any way? And you simply say, no, sir, uh, or no, ma'am, I'm just an observer. And they know what that means. And, and again, they cannot keep you from going in. This was a double murder trial. Wow. And both of the guys are being tried at the same time, which I never understood. The only reason I think that they were being tried at the same time is so that, um, well, they couldn't squeal on one another. Right. Right. So I went through the entire process of sitting the jury where they asked questions. What? You you sat the jury? Oh, you just went through the whole process. Well, I was in the courtroom they, oh, okay. when they did it. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you sitting away from the potential jurors? At the time, no, because the jury was just being questioned. Okay. They were not in the jur- uh, jury box. I, right. I'm, I don't go into the jury box. Right. Okay. You have to draw a line somewhere. Sure. I'm not, you know. But you have to hold up a paddle. You know, this was a double murder. So a question may have been, and it was in a recording studio in Reynoldstown, mm-hmm. which is uh, southeast Atlanta, I believe. Right. 
And so some of the there were probably 500 different questions because they want to make sure that the jury and the alternates that they that they they choose well they're not biased toward exactly. And so one of the questions may have been, do you have guns in the home? You know, or do you, do you believe in murder? I you know, I don't know. Right. That, well, that obviously would not have been a question. But um, well, you it, said there were a lot of questions about working at home because it was like a recording it's a home studio. studio, yeah, home studio type thing. And the trial I went back the next day for day one of the trial. And sat there. That was one of the days I had to call you and say, would you go pick up Charlotte or Carpool? Because I'm busy down here at Fulton County Superior Court. And it got uh, at five o'clock. The judge probably had Carpool, too. And so they wrapped for the day. I went down for the second day. And it was another fascinating day of testimony. Just, I mean, for me, and I'm a news junkie, and I love Dateline. This is Dateline Live. I get it. Yep. Dateline Live. Yep. And so the third day, we were about done with the trial. In the third day, I felt that the, everybody was going to rest and the jury was going to get the case and then they would go and deliberate. Right. I go to, I race down after work. Like we got off the air at 10 o'clock and I race down 400 southbound down to connector to get to underground and park. And I run, I don't run. I ran across the street cause I wanted to get back into the courtroom and see what was going on. And the doors, I get up there to like the fifth floor and the doors are locked. Uh Oh, and so I'm I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking maybe I don't know how to turn the lock right, to open the door, whatever. And I peeked in the blinds and I noticed that the courtroom was, there was no one in there and it was dark. And so I went down to the judge's chambers. Oh, boy. And I spoke to the judge's secretary and I said, hey, listen, I'm an observer and I have been um, following this trial with Judge X in courtroom blah. And I, they're not there today. What happened? I got to know what happened. And she said, they settled this morning. Wow. They settled this morning. I don't know. Settle, I guess, in a murder trial wouldn't be the case. But they, uh, the trial didn't go on. Yeah, well, they came to a, I mean, it's not really, a, a plea bargain. Yeah, thank you. That's it. Yeah, it's a plea bargain. They, 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 the guys took the plea. So it was over. And it was, I had to process that that there was going to be no closure for me about this case. You should do this um, because everybody has a right to do it and everybody needs to know about the judicial system and, and what happens. And this is not something that I just picked up. This is something I've been doing for years. And I don't, I think that I've always been fascinated with the court system because you and I were so familiar with it through family court through the years. Right. And um, well, and it is, I mean, for people, so many people, everybody I know watches, 48 we hours, 2020, 2020 day, day, Everybody's like, you know, on Friday night, they're like, big plans tonight. I said day before line. on this pod, the three sweetest words that I can hear on a Friday night are, here's Keith Morrison. Right. Who is my favorite personality, news personality. Um, and, no, and it is fascinating. He's a reporter for I'm, I'm wondering if there's it not all some- all with a piece of chocolate cake. What if there was some, like, maybe there's something like a job, like you could go for- um, okay. I'm not looking to work. Uh, okay. But I'm just thinking maybe like attorneys would send you in there and you could like- you know. I, well, we, We've said before, I think that we both should, we could have been attorneys. I would like to be a prosecutor. I think that there are, in Fulton County alone, there are like 75 different prosecutors. I also learned the days to go and the days not to go. You don't go on Monday because nothing happens on Monday in Superior Court. That's when the jury, uh, the jurors that have been- when you get your letter um, summoned, yeah, that's when you report for the first time and you sit in that room, yeah, and you just wait to be called. I've never been called as a, I've never uh, served on a jury, and I've always wanted to. Like, I want to be on a capital case or a grand jury or something like that, and I've never been chosen. 
I've been chosen one time. I don't know if you remember this, but I was chosen one time and we had tickets. It was super close to spring break and the kids were little and we were going to Orlando and we were flying out. And I remember the judge saying, you know, and, and there, there was a lot of people from, there's people from all over, but there were a couple of, of women, other women from like North Fulton where I was, and we were all kind of sitting together and we had all talked about. You're sitting in your tennis courts. Well, we had all talked about like, you know, spring, literally spring breaks around the corner. And so the judge was like, um, please raise your hand if there's, you know, if you have conflict. some hardship or right. conflict. Hardship, yeah. And I remember the woman before me, cause I was going to do it, like stood up and she was like, yes, um, I just want to let you know that, you know, I have plane tickets to go to Hawaii. He's like, ma'am, sit down. Yeah. They don't play. Mm-mm. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to tell him I'm going to Orlando. But I ended up not getting picked. I would always use, you know, because you were in media. Sometimes that's a flag. And my sister's also an attorney in Fulton County. Um, so, you know, I, I would always throw those things out there. But, you know, if it hadn't been that particular time, I, I would like to sit on. I'm like you. I would like to sit on a jury. I do think, like, when you get the jury summons, you're like, oh, no. Because you have to get down there so early. But when you finally get down there and you, you know, you're kind of down there and then you don't get picked in a way you're happy. But some days you're like, dang, I just wanted to sit on it and just see, you know, like you said, see, see the inner working, see how it works. I understand your hobby. I appreciate all of your hobbies and you going out and doing those things. I just, it just cracks me up when you, some of the language you use, it's just hilarious. Sometimes you're so inside the bubble, I have to pull you back out. Like you're not on a jury. You, one day you told me you were going to give, um, you were going to give that prosecutor a couple of notes. Well, she um, needed, you know, th- there there are in certain trials, there are attorneys that will hire jury consultants. Yes. And it's all about the way that that everyone presents himself in the courtroom. And this woman had not run a comb through her hair in six years. And it was distracting to me. And so I can't imagine that, it, and again, just as an observer in the galley, I can't imagine that for someone on the jury, it was not distracting too, because you couldn't focus on anything but, you know, like the three calics mm. in her hair that were matted together or even dress, you know, how you dress. Oh, um, yeah. And it happens It happens in TV. You know, Javita Moore, listen, everything she wears every day, every dress Javita Moore tested. wears on Channel 2 has been tested. Yeah. She just can't show up in a pantsuit of her choosing. Right. Same thing with high-profile trials when there are jury consultants. They tell you what colors to wear, what colors not to wear. Sure. Which, uh, well, and you think back on like famous cases like the OJ case and things like that where you could have had, and I think it happens, I will say this, I think it happens more sometimes with females than male attorneys where they may not even have spoken yet, but the jury thinks that they look angry or bitter mm-hmm. or, you know, it. I mean, it's it's crazy how much that, I mean, and that's a broader discussion. It could go into political candidates or anyone. How much your appearance, first impressions. Body language. Body language plays into. What you don't say. Right. Often is um, most heard. If you, you know, does that make sense at all? Right. Like, uh, because just, just from people looking at your body language, or the way yeah. that you react to a certain question or yeah. something like that. So I listen, I love doing it. I'll continue to do it. I, I We need to separate during the day a little more. So this is a perfect way for me to get. Why you poke your lip out like well, that? Sad. Come on, no, it's not. Come on, we have been on top of one another since July 2019. We need a little separation, and I do conference. Not con- oh, I do conference calls for the podcast. I do sales calls and all that kind of stuff. But some days I just don't have anything going on, and so you know, rather than sit in the bedroom on the bed and and scroll through TikTok videos or watch you know a Pete Davidson stand up special on Netflix or something, and feel the pressure from you because I'm not doing anything. Okay. I said, feel, I said, not here, but I, I can feel it. And so it's better for me just sometimes better for me just to get my truck and drive off. 
Okay. How did that? That didn't sit well. No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. You could drive over to the Home Depot. Or we talk okay. About this, you know? Okay, get a job. You get a job down there. I would love to see you like make. I would. I would love to see you like make. You could be like a bailiff, or you know, there's got to be something down there you can do. I don't think there's a bailiff in the Fulton County Superior Court system that has ever had uh, or ever done a push up in their life, or the presidential fitness test or anything like that. You know. But they do protect. But it's a lot of sitting, and, and there again, in their defense, it's a lot of sitting and waiting. But imagine what you're exposed to. It's like that would be the great thing about job. being a. They don't like bailiffs anymore. That's like Judge Wapner type stuff. They are officers of the court, Donna. Right. Why well, didn't call them bailiffs? You did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but imagine what they're exposed to and what they hear every yeah. day at work. It's something different. It's something new and 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 just mind blowing. I would imagine, especially in Fulton County. Right. The stuff that you hear. Well, you just keep on keeping on. It makes you happy. It's, it, I love going. I you sent what, you that text when I was down there no, this week. I, I said, I'm, I feel so like I'm back happy. home. And I you feel know, like I'm back home. I, I'm, at, I'm at my happy place at, I, at Fulton County Superior Court. I enjoy being down there as an observer and as a one-person watchdog to make sure that, that everything is being done on the up and up. It, well, listen, it's, it's important a, to me. And, and, it's and, a lot and, cheaper and, and of a hobby than golf. I take that on for you listening right now that maybe can't go down during the middle of the day and spend four hours courtroom hopping. Well, yeah, most people can't. I do that just to, to, to on your behalf. I do that. For, I do this for you. That is really kind of you. That's, thank you. But that's why I, I do this. I do it. And, you know, for, for I'd spend eight bucks on a Reuben with light kraut at American Deli and six bucks to park at Underground. It's well, a $20 Yeah, that's day. what I'm saying. It's a, it's a cheap hobby. So keep going. All right. It's important that if you are injured in a, a, a car accident that you make the first call to 911. If you're in a car accident, it is a 911 call. Uh, but it's also a call to 1-800-HURT-911 to get the best representation. When you make that call to 1-800-HURT-911 after a car accident, they make sure that you're taken care of with the best legal representation. They make sure that you are uh, that you are assigned and, and, and become um, uh, part of the best doctors groups so that they can make sure that you are um, that you're okay after a car accident. They make sure that you have the right chiropractors. They make sure that uh, you're taken care of in in every aspect following a car accident there's a lot to keep up with there's a lot to do and when you make the call to 1-800-HURT-911 they take care of you from beginning to end through the entire process and it costs you nothing a second opinion can get you first rate compensation with 1-800-HURT-911 absolutely give them a call and as we told you before we had someone reach out to us um, just a couple of days ago and said, hey, would you reach out to um, Dr. Veal and the guys at Hurt 911? And you did. Um, you reached I out on their behalf. Per- I sent uh, Dr. Veal Brian a text immediately. Yes. And I'm happy to do that for anybody because you, time is, you know, when you're in a car accident, you you, you feel like um, um, you just don't want to deal with it. You know, you want to pretend like it never happened. And you kind of just race through it a little bit and maybe exchange information. And then you're like, I'm fine. You know, well, and the other person sometimes can like talk you in to like, oh, just to, sign to, here. Right, and, you not, know, to not doing anything yes. further to so, protect yourself. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. So let them look it over. Let them at least look over what happened to you and, and give if, you if, opinion. If, if you want to come through me, if, if I can be that uh, facilitator, I'm happy to do that. Do it all the time with with all the different partners that I had in radio and also during the podcast, my second act. If you walk away from a car accident thinking, you know what, I'm okay, nothing's broken, car looks okay, you don't know that. You're not a professional. You don't have that degree. Let the people that know what they're doing make that decision for you. 1-800-HURT-911. That's the number. 1-800-HURT-911. 
you know, someone asked me the other day, they said, do you ever get um, nervous? Like when you, not me, but when you, um, when Caddy hosts different events, and I'm like, sometimes I don't know what he's going to say. And no, I'm just kidding. I, um, but you've hosted some, some big things. I mean, you really have like you, you did the great tree lighting, um, you know, down at Lenox square for gosh, what, 10 years for channel two. Yeah. yeah for channel two. I mean, that was on live TV, but you, you're, you excel at that. Like you just kind of like it, you almost turn on, you know, you did radio for 26 years. If you're just joining us, you did radio at a country station here in Atlanta at kicks for 26 years and you were fired in July. And, but along the way, while you were doing radio, you had the opportunity to do a lot of things with TV and you've always been very natural at it. And you also, which we have to, we'll have to talk about this later on a future pod. You starred on ABC TV on uh, hope and faith with Kelly Ripa. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. You won an Emmy. I did for um, a local Emmy for some work you well, did. Why do you got to run local? Well, I didn't want him to think it was for Hope and Faith. because No, I had like two lines on Hope and Faith. Yeah. But I mean, no, an Emmy is an Emmy, but you won it locally for I, I, work I, you I, did. I'm joking about that. No, it was David Chanley from Fox 5. Yes. Uh, at the time, was at Channel 2, and we together did a special on the CMAs. The Road to the CMAs. And it was uh, for ABC TV, and, and we both won Emmys for it. Yeah, and, and, and then you, you also um, starred in uh, mm-hmm. like Buddy Holly. At the uh, George, George Ensemble, Ensemble Theater. Theater. Yeah. So you've done a ton of like, uh-huh. you know, TV and acting things. But um, uh, one of my favorite ones that you ever did. Okay. Well, do, do you get nervous though? I didn't get, I don't get nervous when you're doing those. I did get nervous at one, which I'll tell you about in a minute. I got really nervous. Which but one? I'll tell you in a minute. But, well, two tell actually. Yeah. <laughs> the one I'm getting ready to tell you about. You hosted a red carpet with Robin Leach. Of Lifestyles of the of Rich, the rich and, famous and Famous Fame. He's, he's no longer with us. But Yeah, passed like two years ago. It was a hot mess. What do you say? I mean, from beginning to end. Well, I'd never met Robin Leach before. And so we were expected to be thrown on the red carpet. And this was at the time, the CMAs were on CBS television. And they were at the Opry House. This has been, this has been right. 15, 20 years. Eh, yeah, maybe 15, 20 years. Which, if you've listened to the pod before, we talked about how the CMAs used to be at a very small venue. Um, the Opry. The Opry. And with the pews and the benches. And so you hosted a red carpet across the street at Opry Mills. Um, Is that where it was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you had this shiny purple suit. It was like a shiny purple tux. Why are you doing this? Oh, it was hilarious, though. I wish someone had some footage. Why did you pick out the tuxedo? No, I know. But the whole thing was just hilarious. Because it wasn't so much you... It was he was the wild card. Well, you were too. But he was the wild card because he didn't know anyone... No one in country music. Nobody in country music. I, I specifically remember Robin Leach, Montgomery Gentry were just hot as fire. This there's time period, and everybody does the red carpet. All the artists, and I want to say that he called him Brooks and Dunn. I think he did. Yeah. No, I think he oh, did. This is live. Live. This is national television, and it was mortifying because you were kind of like tied in with him. But like you, you couldn't correct him on live TV, and it was just oh my gosh, it was such a mess. And it started, if you remember, it started like I think you had to be there. At like noon. The red carpet starts at noon. Or it doesn't start, but you have to be there to go through security to get all the, um, you know, to camera tests, mic, white balance, chat, all that kind of stuff. For television, you got to be there so early to do it all, to get set up. And So at some point, you must have gotten a little bored and decided to have a couple of drinks. Well, Robin Leach <laughs> enjoyed a drink. Oh, it was such a mess. Every, why did you say that? We, we've laughed about it. I mean, I, I love you to death, but we've laughed about it. This was like not your shining moment. Or Robin's. But I was nervous. I don't blame you. I, and I, I was nervous for you. And Robin kept saying, let's just mix us a drink here on the red carpet. 
We all went out to eat afterwards. I remember. We all went out to eat afterwards. People were, their jaws were dropping when we walked in with him. It was a well, whole I mean, group of us. Robin Leach was, I mean, people, people recognized him because right. he's, he's a little portly. Well, and that, the, the, the his, voice, his voice. Yes. In the show that he did. For, and he for had decades. a really big personality. Like, you yes. know, well, Robin wanted to run the show and I was fine with that. I don't even know how I got the gig. I don't. Um, I don't know how Robin Leach got the gig either. I think he had a deal with CBS at the time. Maybe his show ran on CBS. Could be. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. There was a connection. I don't recall. There was always, there's, listen, there's always a connection. I don't know, recall what it was. I think maybe his show didn't run on CBS. But Robin wanted to run the show. Robin Leach didn't. I was fine with that. Um, But he just didn't know anything about country music. And so I, I remember when he referred to Montgomery Gentry on live TV as Brooks and Dunn. I, I can vividly remember T-Roy kind of looking at me just like with a look of what the yeah is this all are you going to save this or what yeah that was a rowdy CMAs that was I mean it was just a fun fun CMAs that was the CMAs we talked about this when um you and I've talked about this when um Kenny Chesney won finally finally won Entertainer of the Year which sounds crazy now but at the time he hadn't won it and I remember we went to there was a big group of us Johnny Gray our program director Susan his wife who worked for BMG at the time a record label a record label there were just tons of us. And we all went to the after party and we got to spend some time with Kenny Chesney. And it was just, I remember like tears streaming down his face, you know, because he was just, he had worked so hard and to get that award was a, was a big deal. It was a, it was just a fun rowdy night. Never sit backwards in a limo. Is that what you took away? Yeah. That's, my, ta- that's my takeaway. <laughs> I learned never to drink on the red carpet doing live television. Yeah, I learned never to. For a network. I learned never to start drinking at two o'clock and then ride. Backwards, I learned that too. Backwards in the limo. See, look yeah. at the growth we've experienced. Yeah. The other time that I was, where are you going now? Super, super nervous for you was when you were chosen. I mean, it was a huge honor. You were chosen to interview Jimmy Buffett live on. Was it satellite radio? It was satellite. It was radio, but it was carried on. It was, I think it was on 100, 150 radio stations, but it wasn't pre-recorded. It, no, was, it was. It was live. live. And here was the thing. So he and I had, never met Jimmy Buffett either. Never, and that, that was night. it. Okay, so it wasn't on your kind of like turf, you know. Like anytime someone came in to kicks into the studio, it was. I mean, you know, you knew you were going to get what maybe you might get thirty minutes with them, chopped down to you know three, three. Minutes. Who knows what? This was. They flew us to L.A. We, um, you did not meet him or speak to him prior to the interview. And we went to um, a recording studio that, and I'm sure we needed to look it up, but it's a famous recording studio. Like the, the everyone recorded there, the Rolling Stones, Smashing Pumpkins. It was down kind of near Mulholland. And it was literally you, Jimmy Buffett, me, Mike Dugan, who was the president at the time. Of the record label. Of the record label. You may remember, just a quick backstory. You may remember that Jimmy Buffett, I think it was 05, 04, 05. He released an album called License to Chill. And on the album um, were guest appearances with Kenny Chesney and George Strait and Alan Jackson and Toby Keith Martina McBride, I think, had a song with him on that project. And it was the first and only album from Jimmy Buffett ever to hit at number one yeah. on the album chart. And so the label was really, really behind this. And uh, I know what it was. The, the, the song at the time that radio was all over was Hey, Good Looking. Yes. And Jimmy had gone in. And, and recorded it with everybody, Kenny and George and Toby, the all, and it was a hit song. 
And Didn't they record the in separate places? And Probably. They, that's always yeah. the case. You know, normally when you hear a duet or you hear artists doing a collaboration, they're not in the same studio. They sometimes they don't even discuss it. They, you know, uh, this artist does their part in this studio, and and this artist does their part cross country if that's where they are, and then the producers just mix it together. They're never in the same studio, so I'm, I'm sure with that many artists. That was certainly the case. They just mixed it together to have control as opposed to having all five, six of them in one studio trying to sing Hey, Good Looking, the Hank Williams uh, song. Well, and the thing about it was, so you were going to not only interview Jimmy, all of these artists were calling in on the, they called it the coconut line. I remember that. Do you remember that? Because I had to acknowledge it. Like there was a ring. There was a coconut type ring. That they would play. And And then someone in the booth would hold up a car. This is all live. It was a lot of moving parts. And someone would hold up a, a card and it would say Kenny Chesney. And so I had to acknowledge that Kenny Chesney had called the coconut, the line. coconut line. And then suddenly Kenny Chesney is on with Jimmy Buffett and myself talking about different the song things. he did. Well, or the and song that he did. Everybody, everybody on the project called in yes. at some point. And it was just an hour. Um, and then there were commercials, but it had to be timed out perfectly. Yeah, because it was live. Because it was it was a, a live radio event, which these type things are never done Not anymore. anymore. Yeah. Um, well, and you are so because good. The logistics at, are just very tough to 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 get right. You are so good at prepping. So I knew. Here was the thing. I knew you were going to do all your prep work. I knew you were going to. You had his autobiography. You were. I knew you were going to do all that. But I will say this: you were not a huge Kenny, uh, not uh, not a huge Jimmy Buffett fan, you know. And there were all these people who were Jimmy Buffett fans who I remember telling you, "Don't forget to ask him this," or "Oh, he likes this," or because Jimmy is, while he's very like you know Margaritaville on stage and everything, he is a serious businessman. And I remember we got there early, and he's in there in like a, a button-up shirt and a pair of shorts, didn't have shoes on, and his little readers, so cute. And he was like, let's play ping pong because they had a ping pong table because I think he was trying because you really didn't have a lot of time. It was like 10 minutes before you started the show. But we wanted they, they wanted they the record label and Jimmy's Kinda management. Up, they they to wanted us to sit right just to have a few minutes together doing something fun. And, and I didn't know what that was going to be. It was ping pong. And Jimmy said, let's because there's a ping pong table. Did because you when, win? Not that that seriously. Or I, I no because you I would let, of course, yes. I mean, I, I'm sure he beat me with. Out any help for me, but I would have let Jim Buffett beat me in ping pong for sure. And he was so nice. He was very, very nice. But so Super you nice. went into your area and then because it was like a recording, recording studio, we went, myself, Mike and his, Jimmy's manager went into like what, like a sound booth. You know how like it would be like the artists were in there recording and then the engineers were in the sound the, booth. The, product, the boards are. And whatever. it was like, oh God, I hope this goes well, because if it doesn't go well, I'm in here with them. And they're going to be like, well, this isn't going well. This guy's not doing a good job. What's Caddy doing? It was just so weird and awkward. But of course, as usual, you knocked it out. No, of you're fine. I had. Uh, I remember now that the album, the 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 radio show that we did was to promote the album. The album had not come out yet, but I right. got in advance of it yes. because they wanted me to listen to the album to be able to talk about it. And I remember flying from Atlanta to LAX and listening to it the entire way there and making notes. And I'm 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 old school. In a lot of ways, but when it comes to preparation, I'm, I'm a pen and index card Sharpie kind of guy. Um, and I remember I had a stack of index cards. And so as we were going through the hour, um, as I asked a question, I would just flip the index card into the floor because I didn't want to get it confused with the, the information and prep and questions that, that I had not asked yet. And I remember at the very end, they're like, you're clear. And I was sweating. Um, 
you were done. And then Jimmy looks at me and he looks at the floor, which at this point is just white, you know, covered with index cards. And he said, uh, he said, wow, you, you, you do prep very, very well. And, and I think he thought that it went well. And he invited us to dinner he, yes, at the Ivy. Ivy. And you said, no. I was done. I was, I'd had enough of Jimmy Buffett. That do day. you know the Ivy? Like that is the biggest place I to know. get a paparazzi. And like, I think he wound up in the paper. He did. The next day. Well, because anybody, if you're breaking up with someone, if you're, if you're like if, if you're in Hollywood, seen, if you want to be seen, or, or yeah, good or, or, bad, good or, or bad, bad, you go to the Ivy. And I'm like, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I passed. Yeah, it was great. You did a great job. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't. Those are types of things that, like in your industry, I think that people who are really good at what they do, like you, make it look easy. And I think people think that you just kind of roll up on an interview. You cannot roll up on an interview with anyone, but not certainly not like a caliber of Jimmy Buffett. And and there's a lot of money and time invested in the label and, you know, all of that. So I don't know, you know, I mean, it, it was just, I, I knew, I didn't have doubt in you, but it was just kind of a high pressure. That was probably one of the highest pressure situations, I would think. You've been asked to do a lot of that stuff. You want to be Keith Urban a, when he was here? Moderated the Q&A. Yeah. Th- there's a photo. You know what I want to start doing and we'll start with this particular episode of the podcast is on the Cadillac Jack page on Facebook is I want to always, I want to, I want to post photos yes, so that you can look at photos of, of things that you heard us talking about. And I know there's a photo of me and you and Jimmy yeah, it's great. in that recording studio. I think we have it in the living room. Yes. I'll snap a picture of the picture and, and post it. And then so that you can check that out. Nice guy. Uh, he was, and it went well and I love you to death. And that was a fun trip. That was a fun trip. Really, that was my first trip to LA, I believe. Really? Wasn't it? I think so. I, I never traveled before. That was fun. Before you. That was fun. Outside of North Carolina. Pod peeps today for this episode. Misty Hannon. She reached out to me as a direct message on Instagram. She said, I love the podcast. So glad to hear you back on the air. Um, and I asked her a couple of questions. And she said, I'm in a little town called, uh, little town called Argonne. And I've, I'd heard of Argonne. It's here in uh, Metro Atlanta on the west side. Just moved from Hiram. My husband works. Uh, for the Paulton County Fire Department, my son and his wife both work for the Paulton County Sheriff's Department. I met you years ago with my mom at a concert. You gave her tickets. She has since passed away, but she loved listening to you, and so do I, That's which so is very, very sweet. nice. Yeah. And so I wanted to acknowledge um, Misty Hannah and thank her for Well, and also her family for their night. service. My goodness. The whole family. Sally Ann Russell. Sally Ann Russell was my traffic reporter. For years, when I was in afternoon drive, when I did three to seven, on both kicks and both on Y, I had not heard from Sally Russell until this week. I couldn't tell you the last time that we communicated, but she reached out on the Cadillac Jack page on Facebook, uh, and she sent me a message that just realized I could reach out to you via uh, Facebook. Shocked to hear you being let go. Learned of it from Steve Mitchell's page. Live in Florida now. I'm a bit out of the radio loop. Been scrambling to catch up with your new podcast with your bride. Love it. I uh, just finished up one of your podcasts while sitting here waiting for my daughter to get out of dance. As you remember, when I left Kicks and Why, I went to do weather at the Weather Channel. Made it 12 years over there. And then one day we were rounded up one by one and we were told that we either had a job or not. I was eight months pregnant and was being told I was being let go. I had zero idea what the heck I was going to do. Took my severance. Uh, severance from maternity leave and my next move was to work from home i managed it and so now what sally is doing she lives uh, she's back home in venice florida and she does weather for uh, a whole network of radio stations throughout america from her home and and she writes my second act though was not getting this job to make ends meet it was getting this job to stay home with my kid 
Yeah, that makes that makes me really happy. My second act truly has been becoming a mommy. Sometimes you don't know, you know, what at the time when you're in something like that, imagine being her and being pregnant and you know, media, lots of industries are, but media is tough, you know, and they round everyone up and let you go and you you just don't know what you're going to do. And we've talked about this, how sometimes we're just now coming into, into the clouds, you know, like you, it takes a while and you're just kind of like, wait, what's the end game? What, what's going to happen? When is this, when is it going to get better? You know, and you cannot, when you're in the middle of it, you absolutely, if you are in the middle, if anyone's listening and you're in the middle, you've been let go, or you're in the middle of anything, a storm in your life, you can't imagine that it's ever going to get better. You know, I remember you saying to me at one point, like, yeah, I've done radio my whole life. What am I going to do? And I just remember saying to you, your talent is your connections and your relationship with your listeners that you've built and earned over 26 years and your voice. So figure out something with those two things. And and you are, and we are, you know, and it's, it's one day at a time and it's building it as we go. But it's funny sometimes that what you don't think is going to be a blessing ends up being a blessing. Look at her staying home with her daughter, raising her daughter. Sally and I had a bit that we did together. Anytime there was something that had fallen off a truck, on an interstate in Atlanta and that was causing traffic problems and would make the traffic report. Sammy Kershaw had a song called yard sale and I had a hook of the song cardboard signs as yard sale. So Sally would give me a heads up that there's a washer dryer that's there's falling always off, a mattress and whatever, yeah. you know? And, and so I would know then to queue up cardboard signs at yard sale and we would sing it anytime there's a ladder, there's always the obligatory ladder in the road in Atlanta, you know, during rush hour or something like that. So it was great to reconnect with Sally because she was so much part of my, my early broadcast days. And and so excited to hear that she is uh, doing what she wants to do for her second act. And that's being a mom. So important. Thank you, Sally. Miss you. Let's keep in touch. Cadillac Jack page on Facebook. So we connect also at ATL Cadillac on Twitter and Instagram. Another great follow I want you to check out is Tracy Cousineau. Tracy Cousineau is uh, Metro Atlanta's number one most trusted advocate for real estate consumers. She's also a very dear friend. She's a real estate guru. Uh, she's also so positive, though, in every aspect of her life, whether it's being a mom with her kids, whether it's with one of her many businesses, whether it's when she goes and and, and is a motivational speaker. Um, Tracy is so positive on Facebook. Give her a follow there. Um, it, but she's also, listen, she's a kick-ass real estate agent as well. And if you want to maximize your profit while selling, sell your home on your time frame without being pressured, reach out to Tracy. You can do that a couple of different ways, social media. You can check out TracyCousineau.com. You can call her at 855-MY-EXPERT, 855-MY-EXPERT, because what Tracy does is she immediately invests uh, six figures in marketing in your home, ways that you never even thought of. And she can get up to 18% more money for you while selling your home. Basically, when you list with Tracy Cousineau Real Estate Expert Advisors, you got nothing to lose. You've yeah. got nothing to lose, but you've got so much to gain, again, including getting up to 18% more money while selling your home. Here's what you need to do today uh, to get an absolutely free evaluation of what your home would sell for in today's market. You can reach out to Tracy, 855-MY-EXPERT, 855-MY-EXPERT, or go to tracycousineau.com. That's cousin with an E-A-U. And I remember... Uh, when I first heard Tracy's name years ago, because Tracy and, and I were also, she was also, we were partners when I was in radio for years. 
you, you, you hear the name Kusno and you're like, well, how the hell do you spell that? And she was the one that came up with, uh, that's cousin with an E-A-U. Cousineau, cousin with an E-A-U because she knows she's going to sell your home and she'll do just that. Tracy Cousineau, six figures is what she's going to invest in your home. Ain't nobody else in the real estate industry going to invest that much to get your home sold. All right. Who introed the show today? Talking about putting photos up on the Cadillac Jack page to compliment podcasts, starting with this particular episode moving forward. These would be some good photos. Tracy and Melissa Hunt intro the show today. They live in Tampa. They met up here in Atlanta. Um, I introduced them to one another. I know. And it was the day that the mall, are you ready to go back? It's the day that the mall of Georgia in Beaufort opened back in 1999. And Andy Griggs, I think, was doing a free concert he for was. the radio station for the grand opening. And Tracy, um, although I was still relatively new to Atlanta, Tracy, uh, and Tracy's, Tracy's a guy because it gets kind yes. of confusing. Well, he doesn't like when you say that. Though. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> I want to keep it so, so everybody understands that he was, you met him. Well, he was a teak. He was a teak at tech. at tech. And so when I first got, I was a teak at Western Carolina. And so when I first got here to Atlanta in 94, when I was 19 years old, Tracy reached out to me and said, hey, come down to to the teak house at tech and and, and party with us this weekend. And I think they had the Kinchifuni Cowboys were, were playing a concert that night. And Tracy and I became lifelong friends. I was in he and Melissa's wedding. And Melissa worked at the station. She, she worked did. at the radio station. Didn't she? She worked in. She did. Yeah. I got her a job at Y, yes. I think. And she was maybe a promotions tech at the Mall of Georgia grand opening. And Tracy had come yes. out just to say hi and to see the Andy Griggs concert. And You they, made a love connection. They, I did. And they've been married and have beautiful kids. And Yes, they have two, two boys. And... um they're just great. You know, we, we, um, when we lived in our house in Roswell, they came, they were here for country, country fair, fair and it was just so much fun. We had like an epic night as they all were back then. And then we went to, they moved to, um, so Tracy's always worked for, um, yeah and so they it's a construction company so he works on projects like they'll build you know huge hospitals or you know big projects and so they'll do it for a while and the thing about melissa i admire so much about her but um she has always kind of like supported him in his career and you know sometimes it's not easy when you're moving around a lot as a family and she's so positive about it and she's just done such a great job with it with her son with their sons um but they moved prior to having children. They moved to Myrtle Beach because he was working on a project up there, and we went it was up a to, hospital, Grand Strand Hospital. And we went up to visit them, and this is when we first started dating. And we took it was it it was AirTran at the time, and we took an AirTran flight to Myrtle Beach. You and I. I was so simple before Donna. You really were. I I, I traveled with a box. You you literally had your coat. I've never seen anyone do this. Go to, I was appalled. Go to like the customer service people and ask them for that box that you like. You poke a hole in the top and pull the coat hangers out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember. I know Shane. I know, but I remember like, do you not have a garment bag? Mm-mm. And you were like, no. Not kit, no, nothing. Yeah. I'm here and I'm ready to travel. And I'm ready to meet <laughs> I'm ready to party. And so we went to Myrtle Beach, spent the weekend with them. And you heard when they intro the pod earlier, intro the show earlier, you heard Tracy or Melissa actually say at the very end, you owe us an Indian blanket. And I had to ask you what that meant. But we had just started dating. We'd been dating a while. A okay. While, a while. Well, we never traveled together. And you came up with this idea. Just to hang out on the beach. Okay. Let's leave it at that. And we borrowed a blanket. And I remember being like a, um, what was the animal? Because I kept popping up because I was just nervous. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. I don't want to, 
I don't want to get busted for doing that on the beach. I just didn't. What? Just brushing each other's hair, That's hanging right, out. Donna. That's right. That's right. But I was like an animal. I'd pop back. I pop up, look around, you know, and then, all right, pop back down. You mean the world to us, Tracy and Melissa Hunt. We appreciate you introing uh, the show today for my second act. We do have a small ask of you three things, if you don't mind. Number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. And we have a lot of uh, great contests and giveaways coming up, including tickets to Trace Lawrence and Justin Moore. That's going to be fun. We're also partnering with Gallery, for, uh, Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. Yeah, to, to give, give your, your living, living room, room a, a second. second act. That is so cool. Yes, I can't wait. That's going to kick off um, in the next, next, week. next couple of pods. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews to the pod. Number three, show our sponsors some love, including 1-800-HURT-911. Car accident, it's a 911 call. Call 1-800-HURT-911 to get the best representation. And the Atlanta International Auto Show is through Sunday, March 1st at the Georgia World Congress Center. Please come down and see us this Saturday weekend. Saturday the 29th, noon to 2. Yeah, come see us. Tracy Cousineau, Real Estate Expert Advisors. Call Tracy today at 855-MY-EXPERT. And... Colleen at Core 57, two locations, Milton and Alpharetta City Center. Um, just go by and meet with Colleen. You know, if you've been asking what do they do there, the best thing to do is go by there. You can take a um, class, just, you know, try it out. See if you like it. So um, give her a call. New episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays. Cadillac Jack, my second act. We are proud to be a part of the Appen Podcast Network.